last week on Straight Talk Africa, you talked about uh, uh, the 25th anniversary of Eritrea's uh, independence. Uh, uh, bring us up to speed when you talk about independence, especially uh, in uh, Eritrea. What do you mean? Uh, there are people who suggest that uh, it's not independence or they haven't seen the independence. A lot of people tend to associate Eritrea with Ethiopia. But the facts will show that Eritrea, unlike Ethiopia, was actually a colony under the Italians. The Italians took it over in the 1800s. It wasn't until the end of the Second World War when the Italians, like the Germans, their allies, lost the war that Eritrea was actually put under Ethiopia through the League of Nations. Just like Tanganyika, for example, used to be a German colony, and when uh, the Germans lost the Second World War, Tanganyika became a territory under the League of Nations, supervised by the British. Now, in 1962, the Emperor of Ethiopia, Emperor Haile Selassie, decided uh, to incorporate Eritrea to, into the empire of Ethiopia. And Eritrea effectively became an integral part of Ethiopia. It was that time that uh, the Eritrean Liberation Front, subsequently becoming the Eritrean People's Liberation Front, took up arms and started to resist the usurpation of its sovereignty by neighboring Ethiopia. their liberation struggle. What has been going on in Eritrea? Now, Paul, Eritrea is one of those few very unfortunate cases where, for example, the liberation struggle took at least three decades. You're talking about 30 years, Paul, fighting for your freedom. And eventually, in 1991, they were able uh, to liberate themselves from the yoke of Ethiopian imperialism, as they called it. But if you meet, if, if you meet sections of Eritreans, yeah. some will tell you that they are probably not better off today than they were 25 years ago. They say there is no independence. They are basically have been transformed into a sort of sharecroppers. They're like slaves, really, uh, essentially serving under a monarch who calls himself a president, Isaiah Safawaki. And they probably have a point, uh, Paul, because guess what? Since 1991, the only party or group that is allowed to call shots in Eritrea is a group led by Isaiah Safawaki. Eritrea, unlike most countries, does not have a constitution. But one could argue that uh, Britain doesn't have a constitution. It's very interesting that uh, you say Britain does not have uh, a written constitution, but it does have a constitution. The only thing is that it is not written in black and white. And in fact, whatever they do in Britain, they refer to the unwritten constitution. 
So there is a totally different ball, you know, ball game here. different is that uh, from uh, maybe other countries in the region? Uh, you look at uh, uh, Ethiopia, uh, where they have 100% democracy. You look at Uganda, where the ruling party has been in power for 30 years. Look across uh, Rwanda, and uh, I, I can go on and on. Uh, how different is Eritrea from those countries? Very different, because you see, what you are talking about, those countries you just mentioned, is the practice, but not the theory. Because in those countries that you mentioned, each of those countries has a written constitution. A on document, paper. A document that is supposed to be the supreme law of the land. In Eritrea, you do not even theoretically have a basis or a document that even suggests that the people of that land do have constitutional rights or in the area level rights. Uh, Shaka, how would you respond to critics who say that uh, at least uh, for uh, Esaya Safawaki, he doesn't pretend uh, to be a Democrat as opposed to his neighbors? Esaya Safawaki, unlike his uh, peers in Africa, has not pretended that he is a Democrat. Since they seized power, Afawaki borrowed heavily a leaf from the man that used to be called the brother leader of Libya, Colonel Muammar Gaddafi, who in his 42 years of ruling Libya never pretended to be a Democrat, never held any national elections. In fact, at one time he suggested that he wasn't even a president or a prime minister or a king. He was simply a brother leader. So in a sense, you have a point. The other peers of Isaiah Safwaki, you could say, in fact, the politics is a practice, is the politics of hypocrisy. Uh, Shaka, there is a school of thought out there that uh, seems to think otherwise. They say, for example, they suggest that uh, when it comes to schooling, when it comes to meeting certain millennium uh, uh, development goals. Eritrea has actually achieved those goals as opposed or as compared to the other countries. So isn't that something that Esaya uh, Safawaki or Eritrean people should take credit of? Should we perhaps um, prioritize service delivery? And if we do, should that be at the expense of freedoms of the people? Someone of course will tell you, my friend, when you think about service delivery, and freedoms of the people, the two are not mutually exclusive. They are mutually reinforcing. And so, yes, Eritrea has met what you would call the Millennium Challenge Goals. Yes, Eritrea has some kind of infrastructure that has, it has put in place. But no, my friend, Eritreans do not have, for example, the right of free press. Eritreans uh, from the age of 18 have to be subjected, up to 50 I think, subjected to what you would call national service, even though on paper it is 18 months, I am told that it is indefinite. And so, to be honest with you, in Eritrea, it's not really a question of whether 
you have unfettered access to service delivery and what have you, as opposed to having fundamental freedoms. Because let's face it, whoever is in charge of Eritrea, where does that person get a mandate to make decisions that affect the millions of Eritrea? Where does he get the mandate? Shaka, let's talk about uh, uh, the migrant crisis. Uh, almost every other day you hear uh, boats are capsizing, uh, trying to cross uh, uh, into Europe, and 75% of these people or more are usually illiterates. Why are people being driven out? If in fact it is true that Eritrea is a bed of roses in the sense that uh, it has met the Millennium Development uh, you know, Goals, the Millennium Development Goals, can you tell me why a majority of those people who are trying to cross into Europe through those very harsh conditions, majority of them are Eritreans. What are they running away from? There must be the forces that push and the forces that pull. Mind you, a United Nations rapporteur actually says that Eritrea is not ruled on the basis of the rule of law. Eritrea is ruled on the basis of fear. Uh, how about critics who say that, uh, yes, uh, you could say that Eritrea is not ruled uh, by the rule of law, but uh, there are countries on the African continent that behave exactly the same, even though they have these laws in place. They just actually go and break the law and beat up people. You see, the, the reason the Eritrea is very different, first of all, it is not open to the outside community. Eritrea is almost a closed society, a sort of isolated sort of sovereign nation, just like Mao Zedong's China was. So the international community or people you would consider to be neutral or independent observers have sincerely no way of finding out what is happening or not happening in Eritrea. 